Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. to violence, to the lack of morality, to supposed climate change, to, as we've been studying on Wednesday night, subjective truth versus absolute truth, broken families. It's a mess out there. It is a mess out there. But I think you're aware that God didn't create it that way, of course. In Genesis 1 and 2, God made everything And if you look back on those passages, after God made everything, he said, it is good. And after he made mankind, he said, it is very good. In fact, perfect, the way God designed it, until, and you're aware of this, Adam and Eve messed it up with their sinful disobedience. And from that moment on, we have been on a downward spiral. But... When we are born again, our trajectory is changed. Why is our trajectory changed from a downward spiral to an upward spiral? I think it's because, and I prayed it in our prayer, our citizenship as believers is in heaven. This is not our home. We are just passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.20 says this. And we are eagerly awaiting a Savior from there, Jesus Christ. Until then, and you'll notice the name of the the, uh, sermon, until then we are all groaning, if you will, all the way to glory. And we're going to take a look at that Bible passage. It's found in Romans chapter 8. And uh, we are going to begin with verse 18, actually, and we're going to read Romans chapter 8, verse 18, all the way to 27. We're going to particularly look at verses 26 and 27 as we're going to discover creation, we, and the Spirit are groaning all the way to glory. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage of decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who, who hopes for what he already has? 
But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And then our main text. In the same way, so we've got creation growing, groaning, we are growing. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, but the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's Word. That is the reading of God's Holy Word. In your bulletin on the back side, it says this, Creation is groaning, and that's metaphorically, of course, for its waiting for its liberation from decay, and that was in our scripture, brought about by Adam's sin. When Adam sinned, not only did mankind suffer, but creation suffered as well. We as believers are also groaning, metaphorically speaking, waiting for the outcome of our adoption into God's family, namely, and we talked about it last week a little bit, glorification, that very end of time when we are brought into the presence of the Lord. In the same way, and we read it in Romans 8.26, the Holy Spirit also groans for us as He continually works on our behalf to bring us also to glory. Creation groans, believers groan, and the Holy Spirit all groan for our coming heavenly reward. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. The Holy Spirit groans and for the purpose of this message, in twofold ways. And both have the ultimate goal of groaning for us all the way to glory. Now that word groaning, it means a sigh of grief. There's a lot of different ways we groan. We groan when we get frustrated. Ah! That's a, that's a way that we groan. We groan... As we get older, when we get out of the chair, oh, all right, or or fall into it, yeah. We there's a lot of different ways that we groan. We groan when our team. So Gracie was playing volleyball yesterday, and and she served it, and and she served it well, and she served it well, and it went over, and then and then she biffed it, and I found myself groaning. Ah. You know, and so there's a lot of different ways we groan. These groans that we're talking about here are sighs of grief. And we're going to take a look at two points. If you want to, you can follow along in your bulletin and write some notes. Under our burden of suffering, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Under the burden of suffering, the Holy Spirit is our helper. I've got a song that you know by heart. Are you weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with a load of care. Have you trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? Well, what are we to do? We are to take those things to the Lord in prayer. Before Jesus left, before Jesus ascended, he told his disciples that he would send the helper. That word, the helper, is... One who is called to one side. That's what that word means. The helper, the paraclete. One who is called to one side. And so when Jesus left, he said he would send the helper. He also calls the Holy Spirit the comforter. He calls the Holy Spirit the guide. He calls the Holy Spirit the counselor. 
And this is a good one. He calls the Holy Spirit the advocate. With the Holy Spirit by our side, the Holy Spirit becomes our helper through the storms of life. When sorrows like sea billows roll, you know that song, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Under our burden of suffering, the Holy Spirit is our helper because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and has the capability by living inside of us of changing our sorrows, our struggles, our sufferings to joy. How can the Holy Spirit change our sufferings, our trials, our heart? ships to joy. Well, Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 tells us how. And this is how it happens. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. As the Holy Spirit comes and is our helper and is by our side, one who is called to one side, that's the word paraclete, helper, as the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us, the Bible says in our text today that He helps us in our weakness. He helps us in our weakness. And I'll tell you for myself, I am always weak. Daddy, just can't, we just can't do it. Just can't do it. I am weak. You are weak. And here's the deal. We were never meant to go through this life, thankfully, on our own. Jesus left us physically. And in fact, Jesus told his disciples, hey, hey guys, I got to leave you because if I don't, you won't be able to have the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus left his disciples physically but he did not leave us or them alone. The Holy Spirit is our built-in helper. And when life gets tough, and maybe for you life is tough right now, when we are suffering, when we are lonely, when we are depressed, when we are confused, when we are heartbroken, we can be reminded what Jesus says in John chapter 14. If you want to take a peek there, John chapter 14 and verses 25 to 27. Jesus, Jesus says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace. I leave with you. Isn't that a good word? Peace, I live with you. We live in a world that's not very peaceful right now, but Jesus says, peace, I leave with you. And what, what he's basically saying is that Holy Spirit that I'm giving you that will walk alongside you in these difficulties will be peace to you. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. And then this is a great verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Sometimes life throws us curveballs, doesn't it? Out of no fault of our own. 
You know, we're going to talk in a moment that sometimes life throws us curveballs because of our sin and the consequences of our sin. But sometimes life throws us a curveball out of no fault of our own. When it does, thankfully, we have God, the Holy Spirit, as our helper, as our helper. He is our helper, the one who comes along beside us. That's good news. That's good news. But when our sinful behavior pops up, and this is point number two, under the burden of sin, the Holy Spirit is our interceder. The Holy Spirit is our interceder. Under the burden of suffering, maybe out of nothing that we did, we're just because, because creation is suffering and because Adam and Eve sinned, we sometimes get the result of that suffering because we suffer. Thankfully, we have a Holy Spirit who is our helper. But our text today says under the burden of sin, the Holy Spirit is also our interceder. Sin causes suffering. You know, the Bible talks about sin for a season. For a season, it's kind of fun. For a season, it's kind of sneaky and neat and exciting for a season. But I think we're all aware that sin causes suffering. And in our text today, Romans 8, 26 and 27 we are told that the Holy Spirit prays for us on our behalf when our sin gets in the way. He becomes our advocate or our interceder. And that word interceder or advocate means to make a petition on behalf of another. To make a petition on behalf of another. Jesus or The Holy Spirit becomes our rescuer, if you will. And I like this. It's a technical term for approaching a king. So that idea of interceder or advocate is a technical term for approaching a king, which is perfect in our text here today. The Holy Spirit approaches God the Father on our behalf. Now, here's the, here's the, here's the great part. According to God's will. Let's read our text again. Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. And usually that's because of sin clouding our prayers. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans, groans of grief, groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts, that's God, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. His groaning with grief, the Holy Spirit's groaning with grief on our behalf and approaching the King of Glory reminds God of what? Well, here's, here's, here's the great part. Philippians 1.6 reminds God, our spirit, when we sin, the Holy Spirit approaches God's throne room for us in regard to sin and reminds God of His will. What is God's will for us? Ultimately, Philippians 1.6 
that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's good news. When we sin, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in heaven and says, Hey, wait a second. I, the Holy Spirit, am praying on behalf of this sinner relying on God's will. And God's will is that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. All of Romans 8, and here's some homework for you. I challenge you every day this week, read Romans chapter 8. You'll get something new and amazing every time you read it. It's one of the greatest chapters in all the Bible. Read Romans chapter 8. Before you get out of bed in the morning, read Romans chapter 8. Take you five minutes. You can do that. Romans chapter 8 ultimately is a reminder, and we talked about it last week, of the security of the believer. And if you look at verses 28 through 30, you'll get here Phyllis's favorite verse, Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then the whole process of salvation is recorded here, ending in what we've already talked about, glorification. So watch this. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of, of his son, that he might be the firstborn or, or the, the most important among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, and here's the best part, he also glorified. Now, that's the, that's, that's the process of salvation. From the very get-go, from the very get-go, those God foreknew, you throw predestination in there, you, pro, you uh, uh, pour uh, being called in there, you pour being justified in there, and you ultimately pour being glorified in there. The Holy Spirit groans to the Father and helps to stay in line with God's will, and God's will for all of us is glorification. So, I want you to picture this. I just want you to picture this in your mind. Jesus is our heavenly advocate. Jesus ascended and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus is our heavenly advocate, our interceder, if you will, cheerleading or interceding on our behalf to God for salvation. So the book of Hebrews talks a lot about this, but I want you to look at 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. Because you're going to get a picture of what Jesus is doing on our behalf right now. 1 John chapter 2 verse 1. Jesus, I will. Jesus is our heavenly advocate. He's our cheerleader in heaven, interceding on our behalf to God for salvation. 1 John 2, 1, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. He is interceding on our behalf. He is advocating on our behalf 
Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. When Satan, who is, uh, according to Revelation chapter uh, 12, verse 10, when Satan, who is the accuser of the saints, that's his job, and in fact, Revelation 12 said, uh, 10 says he does it day and night. The devil is our accuser, comes before God and says, Look at that sinner! And because Tony's not here, we're going to use Tony's name. Look at Tony! Look at Tony! Look at that sinner, Tony! Yeah, Tony might listen to this, uh, this message. And so, Tony, you are a sinner! And the devil is accusing you, Tony, day and night before God the Father. Jesus, picture this, Jesus leaves his seat and stands between God and Satan and shows God his nail-scarred hands. That's it. That's it. Jesus then becomes our interceder, our advocate. And Romans 8 verse 1 says, Now... Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's good news. Because the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Jesus in heaven, our heavenly advocate, leaves his seat at the right hand and stands before God and in between God and Satan. And all he has to do is show God his nail-scarred hands. And Jesus is our heavenly advocate. But... Also picture this, the Holy Spirit is our earthly advocate. Since the Holy Spirit lives inside us and we live on this earth, the Holy Spirit is our earthly advocate or our earthly cheerleader interceding on our behalf to God for His ultimate will for us, which is glorification. The Holy Spirit lives inside us while we live in this sinful place and when sin and suffering cloud our relationship with God the Father, the Holy Spirit on our behalf intercedes and comes to our rescue with deep sighs of grief and prays on our behalf, reminding God of His will to bring us to glory. Now, that was, that was the longest sentence I've spoken today, but I want to read it again. The Holy Spirit lives inside us while we live in this sinful place, and when sin and suffering cloud our relationship with God the Father, the Holy Spirit on our behalf intercedes, reminding God of His will to bring us to glory. To work, as Romans 8.28 says, everything out for good, and really, you know, sometimes life is not good, and sometimes the things we're going through is not good. But the idea of that is ultimately everything that is happening to us, all things work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That ultimate good will not truly happen until we are glorified when we go to uh, the, the, the Lord in heaven. And at the bottom of your bulletin it says, that's what everyone is groaning for. 
The world is groaning. We are groaning. The, groaning. the Holy Spirit is groaning. Why? So that ultimately we can get to, to glorification. Revelation 22, 3-5 says it this way. No longer will there be any curse. That's why we're groaning. Because of the curse of sin. No longer will there be any curse when we are in heaven and glorified. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. Here's, this is great. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads and they will reign forever and ever. And that's what everyone is groaning for. Everyone is groaning for ultimate glorification. The world is groaning. You and I are groaning. And the Holy Spirit is groaning for our glorification. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Oh, Romans chapter 8, Lord. So full. So exciting. So revealing. So wonderful. All of it is really talking about our eternal security. The Holy Spirit living inside of us is our guarantee. And as we talked about last week, the guarantee is only good if we own the product. And the product is the saving grace of Jesus. And so if we, if we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, then we have a guarantee of glorification. In the meantime, ah, yeah, we live in a, in a struggling world. Uh, we, we live struggling lives. We experience suffering of many kinds. And yeah, our flesh gets in the way and sin enters. And thankfully, Lord, we have a heavenly advocate in Jesus and we have an earthly advocate in the Holy Spirit. Reminding God of His will that He who began a good work in you and me as Christ followers, will continue it until the day of salvation. <clears throat> and that's great news. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.